Welcome, Angel Donovan with Dating Sex Relationships. This is a show where we look at dating sex and relationships from lots of different perspectives and always try and bring it back to practical tools, practical approaches to taking action and making changes in our life and improving it here, ultimately to get to satisfaction. If you want to get on the fast track to solving this part of your life, then go to datingskillsreview.com forward slash implant, I-M-P-L-A-N-T. That is our change behavior program. A lot about getting good at this part of your life is just about changing the way you behave, your actions, your mindsets. And we found that with our program, a behavioral change program, we think it actually does a pretty good job of doing that versus, say, reading and studying things and then trying to take action yourself. So it's a program that's designed to change your behaviors with the least effort possible, rather than asking you to read a lot and then go and learn how to apply that. Check it out at datingskillsreview.com forward slash implant. Today's topic is subconscious communication. That's the communication underneath what's going on or our feelings and our awareness of what's going on underneath our car. So when we're not being conscious of it, when we don't know it's happening. So it's a tricky subject. In my experience, it defines how we look at the world. It defines what we see. It's an important part of solving this part of your life. An important part to making this better for you. It's also one of the harder parts because we can't see what we can't see, right? It's very well acknowledged. It's harder to understand and get better at something that we are unconsciously incompetent at. And with dating, sex, and relationships, this tends to be a big part of the puzzle. It includes things like not understanding or not seeing signals from women. So not noticing the signals we're getting from them that tell us she's interested or that she's not interested. For example, it covers things that us men avoid subconsciously about ourselves and I often see this, for example, subconsciously, you could be ignoring aspects of your life that are having a really big impact and you just kind of don't want to look at them. So you avoid them consciously. And we see this a lot. You know, a key example there is just looking after your health, the way you present yourself, your style. These are often areas that people avoid and they prefer to they prefer to work on things like what you say and what works when talking with women and so on. And this is unfortunate because often it's a very easy, quick win to work on things like your physique, your image, your style, you know, get you along much further, much quicker. And then we have all of the most common bad assumptions that men make about women that lead them in the wrong direction. So misunderstanding a relationship, misunderstanding the context of what's going on. So for instance, when she's not interested in you, she's interested in the guy next to you. I often see these kind of situations too. And it's all to do with your subconscious, what it's playing with you. And today we have a great guest to talk about this. She's specialized her career in communication skills, and it's a very long career. We have Lille Lowndes. She has 10 top selling books on connecting with people and lots of practical guides on starting conversations. And as I said, she specializes in subconscious interactions that take place in all kinds of interpersonal communications. Some of the books she's written are How to Talk to Anyone, a very famous book. You've probably seen or heard of it before. How to Make Anyone Fall in Love with You. And she's even got a book entitled Undercover Sex Signals, a Pickup Guide for Guys. She has done hundreds of seminars over the years all around the world, including some to more than 10,000 people in a room at a time. That's pretty incredible. It's a big crowd there. 
So it's a great pleasure to have Lil on the show today. To get today's interview in an easy done for you format with links to everything we mentioned on the show, to Lil Lounge and everything she's up to, the transcript and the MP3 download, go to datingskillsreview.com forward slash episodes and pick the episode out there. It's episode 108. If you want all of that in your email inbox, go to datingskillsreview.com forward slash newsletter, pop your email in there, and it's even easier. Now let's get into today's interview. I'm Angel Donovan, and this is the Dating Skills Podcast. This is a 14-year ongoing mission to discover the truth about what works in dating, sex, and relationships, to become a better man. Join me as I leave no stone unturned. Chase down every expert, role model, and mentor with insights to get us to that goal as fast as possible. This show is about bringing you the best of that information so that you can take it in and change your life for the better, step by step, episode by episode. Neil, thank you so much for joining the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. So you've been around for a long time and you've covered all, all these great areas of communication. And I was wondering what you felt was that there was in your approach that was different from all of the other writers about relationships and communication when it comes to dating relationships. How is it that you approach this subject differently or what's the most important aspect that you feel is a bit more individual to you? What I think is, well, let me preface it by saying that many people have told me that they think I'm a man in a woman's body. (laughs) Now, I like being in a woman's body. I am a woman all the way. I think like a man in so many aspects. And it sounds almost lesbian, but it's absolutely not because I've never had a lesbian bone in my body. But I look at women in the same way a man looks at women. I look at her ass, I look at her breasts, <laughs> and I kind of judge her because I write about it so much. I judge her value in the in the meat market, as it's so rudely called sometimes, uh, because women are absolutely, and I don't really have anything against this because it's nature. In fact, I wrote another book on um, why it's Mother Nature's um, plan that a woman should be young and all of the things that have to do with attractiveness, the the rounded hips because she can have a better baby and the big breasts because it means more estrogen. Um, There's a reason Mother Nature made it so that men are more attracted to attractive women. Mother Nature also knows that a man in the typical law, especially since caveman days, is expected to be the provider. Now, happily for us feminists, that's changing to a certain extent, but certain basic things really don't change. And so, yeah, a woman has to be hot. Was that, I don't even know if I'm answering your question. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're not approaching it from a politically correct point of view. You're just really trying to get it how we naturally are. Yeah, exactly. And, and we are a little bit too politically correct, but we, we have to be. And there's a good reason for that, too. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, I think that there are different way I approach it and uh, the way most writers on sexuality and relationships approach it is. I see it from both, both standpoints. I personally hit bottom in this area of life before I started learning all about it. And I eventually ended up here, which is nearly 15 years ago now. And I'm always interested to hear from the people we have on the show what their stories are around this, because I've seen over time that a lot of people kind of hit bottom or they hit a bad place in their life before they decide they're going to make a change. 
And then that often spurs a lot of study, a lot of learning, and then eventually they often end up as teachers themselves because they've learned so much. So I was just wondering if anything like that happened to you on your journey. Yeah, very much so. I was unbearably, painfully shy uh, as a young girl and mainly shy around uh, guys, boys, as we called them then. And I, I couldn't even look a guy in the, in the eye and talk with him because I was so, so shy. And I think men suffer the same problem with women. The more attractive a woman is, uh, the more insecure he feels. And I just felt insecure about all guys, so I got off on that. And also, just love and, and sex has always been terribly important to me. And that's how I defined success in life as I got older, was how much um, could I attract men? And uh, that's it. Just a, a fascination with love and with sexuality. Yeah. This is great to hear because I think a lot of people listening to the show, sometimes they don't feel that great about their lives and they think people like us just get it easy. We start out great and, and we end up great. But so it's always good for them to get it, these kind of examples which show that we've all come from that place where we weren't so great. And I think the more shy and the more upset you are about it, the more you're going to try to get better and better. So I think you're um, giving a wonderful service, Angel, and that you're, you're helping men to think about these things. And that's the beginning of growth in that area. Thank you so much. So in all of your work, what were some of the biggest mistakes in communication that men make with women that you found? I think that men really don't realize that we women are looking for you as much as, as you are looking for us. And men haven't learned to realize when a woman is indeed attracted to him. He just thinks, well, he, does, he doesn't know the signals uh, to look for. And in fact, the studies have shown that 30 out of 31 men can't tell whether a woman is actually attracted to him or not. It's his own security or security that's raging, not what the woman is doing to show her, her attraction to him. So is this all men or is this certain men? Or so it's kind of like the average guy. Did you say, so you said 30 out of 31 men. Wow. 30 out of 31 guys in control studies, a woman would give off signals of being attracted to him or not being attracted to him. And um, 30 guys were, <laughs> 30 out of 31 were just totally off the mark on that. Great. So, I mean, like I'll just segue into, because you wrote a book on this in particular, and we were just talking about how important that was in terms of the signals. And because I was telling you that this is something I find guys don't have the courage to take action, to take action romantically, wherever it's getting closer to the girl, kissing or just going on dates or, or doing things. I um, find this constantly comes up all, all the time. And what they want is more courage, right? And so you wrote this book, which talks about the signals um, that they can use. Could you give us some highlights of signals they could look for, which will give them more courage and be like, yes, yeah, she does like me. Yes, I can take action. And she's not going <laughs> to shout at me, scream at me. Nothing bad's going to happen. I'm <laughs> sure. Well, actually, in the book, Undercover Sex Signals, I give 26 signals that women will give off. And um, let me just hit a few of them here. And then there's 26 of them if you want any more. But one of the ones that a guy doesn't understand is that if a man looks at a woman and she looks away, many guys think, well, gee, she's not interested. No way. It's the shy geisha technique, I call it. And a woman has been just from nature will look away shyly. Now, here's the trick. If she looks up again within 45 seconds, it's been proven that she is indeed interested. So uh, don't, if she looks away, that she definitely will look away and then she'll look up again if she's interested. 
One that um, I don't know whether men really pick up on is that a woman will play with her jewelry. She'll either tug on her earring or she'll play with her necklace, something like that. And it just, it's, again, it starts out as an instinctive thing, a little nervousness, but then it becomes a signal that rather sophisticated women have actually learned how to give off. A very similar one is kind of twirling her hair around her finger. That's a sign that she's interested in you. Caressing herself. Um, to try to explain all these, it would be as though she were wishing you were caressing her. But if, I think it's good for men maybe to, if they're sitting in a pub or wherever, to um, take a look at an un- unattractive guy who obviously would not be a turn-on for, for a woman. And then look at how the women treat him. They're not tugging their jewelry or playing with their ear or caressing their arm when, when they're talking to him. They're not turned on, whereas if, if she does it talking to you, she is. Turn, oh, this is an interesting one. Turning her palm toward you. If, if she puts her hand on her um, chin and her fist is toward you, it's almost like a, a go away. Whereas if her hand is toward you, her open palm, that's like a sort of a come hither. A signal. So watch a woman's palms. So it's kind of the openness of the gesture. We think of being more defensive, say, having our fists out to protect us right. in, in body language versus being open, having our hands open. Right. So uh, when I was reading through your book, one of the things I noticed and I felt was kind of correlation between all of these signals is that, well, the first one was that, you know, it was an interesting comment you meant was that women know what they're doing all the time. <laughs> And the men don't realize that all of these subtle, very subtle things, women know exactly what they're doing and they're trying to get attention. Actually, it's interesting that you should bring that up because um, for especially for younger women who have not um, as experience, who are not as experienced, it all does start happening instinctively. A little girl sitting on her daddy's lap will, you know, kind of move around and touch her shoulders or play with her hair and just, just sort of get its nervous energy is what it is. And then as she gets older, and I mean, really, let's not say much older, like 30, but when she gets into the age where she um, has been around the block <laughs> a little bit, she she has learned that men are indeed turned on by these things, such as caressing the back of their neck. That's a very instinctive thing that a very young girl might do when she sees a guy, not even knowing that she's doing it. But as she gets older, she realizes, hey, you know, if I kind of caress my neck for him, he, he gets turned on. So, yes, with more mature or uh, more sophisticated women, yes, they learn how to lure a man with these undercover sex signals. But at first, no, not at all. It's all instinctive. So the older the woman, the more dangerous? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's not talk chronologically, but the older in sophistication that a woman, the more she knows how to lure a man. Uh, The wiser. Uh, And that can come at any age. But she's learned what works and what doesn't work, and she'll just... Right. Throw the whole book at him when she, right, when she wants right. him. Yeah. So, so when we talk to guys and we coach them, often they think these are accidental. These things are accidental and they kind of argue with themselves. They argue themselves out of uh, thinking that these are indicators that she's actually interested. So it's, it's nice to have a little rule. So some of the things I, I noticed about all of these uh, signals is that I felt a lot of them are about really drawing attention to yourself. It, it can be like movement. It can be, as you said, like touching the neck, which is drawing attention to sensual areas of the body, for instance. 
Absolutely. And again, it's um, uh, the reason a woman touches her neck is maybe she feels this is a, a, a younger or less sophisticated woman. She'll touch her neck because it just it makes her a little feel tingly and she's tingly around you or she feels a little nervous. So she'll caress her arm to, to kind of play with the tingle there. But again, as she gets older, she'll do it on purpose. And the nice thing is if a man learns to recognize these well, 26 in this case, 26 signals, then he doesn't matter whether they're on purpose or not. I mean, she's attracted to him, period. Yeah. A lot of your writing has been about uh, subconscious communication. What common things are men doing that they aren't aware of that would be hurting their chances with women they approach and talk to? This is a tough one because the bottom line, not bottom line, but one of the most important things, and it's one of the hardest things to, to attain, is a woman wants a man who is confident. Again, that goes back to nature. She wants a man who can take care of her and the family. And again, the PC thing aside, I'm talking nature here, not uh, today's standards. But no, it's just nature. A woman knows that when she's um, knows subconsciously when she's pregnant and um, bogged down with the babies who are two or three years old, she's not going to be able to take care of the whole thing. She needs a man who's going to take care of things. And a man can't really take care of things well unless he's he's confident. So giving off signals of confidence is extremely important. I one time asked a girlfriend what she what she uh, liked most in a man. She said, "I like confidence. It doesn't matter if he's a turkey as long as he's a confident turkey." <laughs> and it's, it's very true. And there's so many signals that a man can give off of confidence if he has deep confidence. So this confidence subject obviously often comes up a lot and um, always trying to make it more practical because it gets I think it gets guys very frustrated when they get to, when they get told to act more confident or to like we were saying like in, in order to not hurt his chances don't act unconfidently or don't do things that are as seen as un, unconfident what kind of examples could you give them so that they can visualize this a bit better and stop some of those behaviors or if you think it takes a longer term what things should they do to kind of work towards confidence greater confidence well, I know everything, you know, everybody, including myself, we all want a quick fix for the things that we, um, that we want and don't have. And things become a habit. So if you make a habit of doing a couple of things I'm going to mention, it will become uh, more instinctive. Uh, one is a sign of confidence is having a lower voice. When someone gets nervous, a man or a woman, their voice goes up like that. And a man doesn't realize usually that a woman is more sensitive to a man's voice than he is to her voice. So he should try to keep his voice low. He should try to speak more slowly. The most confident people speak slowly. They don't babble on very fast. Another thing that I don't know whether men realize or not, but a man's body language and strong masculine movements are um, very much a turn on. Some of the masculine movements might be if you're sitting on a couch next to a lady, um, lean back and put your arm up on the back of the couch. That confident people let their body take up more space than less confident people. So basically body language and uh, voice are the two things. And also good, strong eye contact. In fact, eye contact is something a man can use to turn a woman on. If he gives her extra strong eye contact, looking right into her eyes, she's going to feel a little nervous. Now, there's something called cognitive consistency, which is if the body feels something, the mind thinks they, that's what it's thinking. So if you can make a woman nervous in a way by good, strong eye contact, 
she'll feel that that nervousness is indeed attraction to you. Now, if she doesn't want, doesn't like you, she's going to slug your call with the police. <laughs> but uh, after you've determined through one of these, these signals that she is indeed attracted to you, then try the extra strong eye contact. Yeah, those are great points. I noticed that none of them are about what you say, because obviously guys are always worried about, like they want to focus a lot of their attention on what they're saying and uh, not running out of things to say. But nothing you said there had to do with really what you say. It was all about these more subtle aspects. Oh, absolutely. It's the melody and it's the presentation. 80% of or 85% of what someone says is um, how they look when they say it, their body language. Another uh, 10% is how they sound. Uh, and then just um, a tip of the iceberg is the words they say. Think about in your own life, in your relationships, the first woman, or not the first, but any particular woman recently or in the past, you probably uh, remember how she looked when you first saw her. You might even remember how she how she sounded, but chances are you don't remember anything, her first words. And it's so crazy how men, I don't mean to put it down, but I mean, it really is um, incorrect to think about an opening line. <laughs> the best opening line is just proven to be, hi, my name is Angel. Uh, and yours? Absolutely. Um I used to be a pickup artist. I'm sure you've heard of these guys. Sure, I am. Um, <laughs> in fact, he gave undercover sex signals an endorsement on um, the cover. Oh, excellent! Yeah. That's a great endorsement. Yeah, I can understand. It's a great book. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. He said here, uh, "It's the real deal: a classic guide in the seduction community." Neil Strauss, author of the game. So he's he's really a sweet guy. Yeah, yeah, very cool. For a year once as, as an experiment, because I'd learned some lines and stuff that I, that I was using back in the early days. I decided I was, I didn't want to do that anymore. So I just said, whenever I met a girl, I'd say, yo, you know, that was all <laughs> yeah, I'd well, say. that's not bad, actually. <laughs> and I have to say, I think my, all my results got even better. And it was so much more fun because you never knew what she was going to say you know, right. next. And it would always be different. Absolutely. Yeah, no, yo, is this fine? Depending on which, whether it's a young society or an older, more sophisticated said, yo, it's absolutely perfect. Or hello, or hey, hi. <laughs> And a nice thing is to say, is, my name is, and give your name, and then don't say, what's yours? That's kind of invasive. Say, my name is Angel, and yours? And you sort of say, and yours, and then it's much easier if they fill in the sense. And my name is Leo, you know, that type of thing. That's great. Yeah, that's a great tip. I know you've written a lot about um, that kind of stuff, too, for business and, and relationships. Another area is uh, some common assumptions men make about women that are, you'd say, are completely wrong. Very common assumptions they make, which, you know, often are holding them back because they're not seeing things the right way. A lot of men, the more attractive a woman is, the haughtier they think she's going to be and the more particular and not as turned on by them. Now, there's an element of truth in that the attract, well, very much truth, that the more attractive women will go for the for the more attractive men. But uh, one thing men I don't think realize is that a woman is more attracted to your character than your looks. And also, looks are more important to a woman, now this is an interesting one, uh, than they are to a man. There's a study, if you line up 100 women against a ball, say, and you ask men which ones that they'll be attracted to, most men will be attracted to maybe 60% of, of the ones that are of the right, of the right age range. A woman will only be attracted to maybe four of a hundred men. Women are much more particular. It's if she's looking for character, if she's looking for humor in a man, the laugh lines are important. Every woman likes a man who's caring. The old thing of, of putting out your arm when you cross the street, for heaven's sake, helping her on with her coat, 
all these little things show protect, protective moves. And women don't judge a man by the same standards a man judges a woman. He thinks, oh, I'll be sexy and she'll like me. Uh-uh. Women do not like men who look sexy and who wear, you know, to show their bulging muscles. She'd prefer bulging character to bulging muscles any day. And men don't realize that. They use the same standards for, for judging the opposite sex. That's, that's a great point. And of course, a lot of guys spend a lot of time in the gym working on those muscles. Well, that helps. That's, <laughs> no, that, that, that helps. That definitely helps. So, so the, way, the way I like to think about it, it's more about eliminating negative looks. There's things like um, if you're not well-groomed, if there's things that stand out about you that uh, you are slightly overweight, it's more about eliminating those negatives. And you can look pretty good as a guy in terms of being, how would you say, possible to a woman? Because it seems like what you said just there was basically if a woman is just judging guys and all she has to do is judge them on looks, then she's really picky when it just comes to looks because she's got no other, you know, nothing else to work on. But when you give her more the character and the, and the other aspects, those bits end up playing a lot more. Right. It's kind of hard to compete just on looks. Very much so. And of course, they do like the, the muscles and the, the good looking guys, but it's not the most crucial thing. And as far as we, you mentioned before about uh, first impressions and such, women think that men care so much about how they dress. Well, not really. Uh, they're not going to judge the quality of the fabric or whether the colors are coordinated. Women do. And it all goes back to that whole idea of um, wanting a man who can take care of them, can take care of the family, and who has a good sense of balance. So if you're going to wear black socks, don't wear brown shoes type thing. Don't wear a brown belt with black shoes. These are things that a woman are not, isn't going to say, oh, he's got a black belt and brown shoes. But it's absolutely the sense of the whole that comes across. So look like you know how to take care of yourself. And if you have a sister or a mother or not an ex-girlfriend, but a sister or mother who can advise you on what to wear, do that. And quality. They pay more for one shirt rather than three cheap shirts. Makes a big difference. That's a great point. Focus on buying a few pieces of clothing that are good rather than a lot of variety and a lot more effort. Forget that. Quality over quantity any day with clothes. I've always found it interesting because when I used to walk up, I mean, I still walk up and talk to girls. Uh, when I walk up and talk to girls, often one of the first things they'll do um, is kind of like look down. Like they'll look down and they'll, they'll end up at the shoes or the socks. And I always found that really interesting, especially in my first early days. I was like, what are they seeing? And then they start talking, you know, once they've done that. And the way I look at it, let me know if you, you kind of think the same way, is, is that they're looking for these small details that you just pointed out. Like, um, do the, the socks and the shoes fit together? Do they look reasonable? Because if a guy's got these details together, then he's probably got a lot of the rest of his life, the bigger stuff, together as well. You got it. Absolutely. That's right, Angel. Absolutely. You hit it on the head, right? And also, uh, women are not, and I have to really underline this, I'm not being politically correct here. I mean this. Women are not gold diggers these days, but they do like to see quality things on a man. And things like very expensive shoes or really good I don't know, Gucci, whatever you call are going to be more pleasing to women, even though they're not going to say, oh, those are expensive shoes. They're just going to know, hey, that fits. And clothes fitting is so important. Most men don't know when they buy a shirt that the, the uh, shirt um, seam should be exactly at the shoulders. They're wearing a tie that should be at exactly just above the pants. You know, they just don't know these things. So brush up on clothes. Those are some great points of advice, yeah. Very important. The fit is actually the most important thing about a lot, a lot of clothes. Yeah. Very. And women do not like, uh, except maybe some very young women of a certain element, do not like 
the pants with a crotch down to the knees and the top of your underpants showing. <laughs> that is not a turn on. And in certain areas, anybody, well, let's just. Well, they have these little sub communities oh, where that does work. You know, backwards baseball caps are not really a turn on to a woman very much either. Well, except in some sub communities where, so yeah, we're talking general rules here. This is, is good advice. But there's always these out, out um, of course, sub communities. Um, just a point on the gold diggers. You said there's not very many gold diggers uh, today. Why did you say that? Because women um, can make a lot more on their own now. And also women have become enlightened to the fact that, um, look, it's more important to have a man who understands you, who loves you, who can take care of a family, who's responsible, who's an all around good guy and fun to be with than it is to have a sugar daddy. Yeah, great. Great. Have you seen some of those sugar daddy sites, by the way? Or sugar, the sugar baby sites, I think they call them. No, I haven't. I was introduced to this not so long ago by a girl I just met. She showed me that um, basically, you know, you can go to some of these sites and you can get some kind of allowance just for talking to guys on webcams and, and stuff like this. Oh, and no it's, kidding. And sometimes they have relationships and so on. But there's a few of these online dating sites. The thing that's interesting today is because of the internet and stuff, there's a lot of niche areas, but we're talking general tech trends here, which is the more important thing for all the people at home. Often, I think you think the same way. A lot of this stuff people people have to work on for the longer term. It's not like it's going to magically fix itself all the time. So if you're going to pick one thing that a guy should learn or work on over the long term, he's be like, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to get better at this. And it's going to help me to attract women I'm interested in. What would that be? That one thing you should kind of keep in mind and keep working on? It should be that uh, women want you as much as you want them. And work, first of all, on yourself. And on your self-confidence and realizing that you are a very worthy human being and that you will absolutely get a wonderful partner if you are confident and you show your good qualities. And it's it's qualities that count with, with a woman. Absolutely qualities. Honesty, integrity. Great. Those are good qualities. Like So working on my integrity, working on my honesty, I guess that's my ability to communicate directly rather than you know, manipulatively things like this, other qualities they should be working towards in order to, you said, um, improving their self-worth, right? What kind of things lead to someone building their self-worth? Because these are obviously things we hear a lot of the time, but just to kind of really make it practical for guys, what kind of things can help to make me feel more worthy? Mm, That's a big question, Angel. And I think that that's something that, you know, we could go on for another whole segment of. But I think that they should, men should look to all of the different um, experts and sites and books that they can to just become a more real and good person in, in themselves, doing all the good things in life that make you proud of yourself and doing nothing too sneaky or manipulative because women are a lot more instinctively uh, aware of subtleties than men are. We can pick up much better on um, what you say between the lines or what you, which direction your eyes are pointing when you're, when you're saying something to her. And also, once you do, um, when you are at the I love you state um, on both ways, to continually tell a woman how much you love her because it's the old adage is so true. A woman wants to feel cared for and a man wants to feel respected. Yeah, absolutely. That's really key. Thank you for that. I know it's a difficult a difficult question to answer. Well, it's just such a big one. I mean, there's just so much you can do to build your self-worth that you can't just put it in, in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just have to get started on it and start working on it. You said that um, do things that you're proud of. I don't actually drink alcohol and I haven't drank a lot of alcohol for a long time, but I remember in my early 20s, I used to drink a lot. 
And the next day, I'd often remember things I wasn't proud of. And I'm pretty sure that that affected my self-confidence at the time. I think this is very common with people when they're drinking alcohol and stuff. They do silly things or things that they wouldn't have done if they were a bit more competent mentally at the time. That definitely, you know, to take an example, that, that was something that I quit and haven't gone back to. And I honestly feel that that had a really big impact on my life in terms of just doing things that I was proud of because I didn't lack the control. Absolutely. I think that if a woman wants a glass of wine, it's nice at dinner for you to order a glass of wine and just maybe don't don't drink it or whatever, because um, I know that there are some women who say, oh, he doesn't drink and da, da, da. And so some women do like a man who will have an occasional beer or get a non-alcoholic beer. Just join the lady in whatever she feels comfortable with. Yeah, it's interesting. Like when I go out on dates now, like um, sometimes it'll make women feel uncomfortable if they're drinking and they'll try to buy me drinks and stuff. But if you're very calm about it, it doesn't become an issue. You just like smile and say, hey, I'm having a good time. And you start drinking. You just like, I think they're, they're most concerned that you're not going to make a good conversation and it's not going to be fun because most people tend to assume you have to get drunk to have loosen up and have fun. But if you can just do that naturally, they quickly forget about it. In my experience, they're, just, they're not really concerned about it. They were just concerned that the vibe might be affected. So if you, if you can bring a good vibe anyway, then they'll be like, oh, I don't care. In fact, I had one girl that walked up to me. She, she used to know, she used to hang out with our, our group. And she's like, I'm so jealous of you. You never drink. And you just like having so much fun. And so I think guys should look at it um, more like that if they want to quit drinking. Absolutely. I think there's one other aspect that comes into that, Angel. Uh, and that is that um, a woman, very much just like a man, will feel that she's going to get silly or do something silly. And that will, to you, if you're not drinking, it will be more evident. So she doesn't want to make a fool of herself if you're going to be straight and clear. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's ways to make girls feel easier about that stuff, showing that you're not a judgmental person, that you're pretty laid back, things like that. Do you ever talk about that kind of stuff, like in conversations and communication, uh, coming across as judgmental versus not? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you don't want to say anything that is going to be insulting in any way. In fact, there's a, um, a little weekly communications tip that I send out on email uh, to my list. And in each each week, there's um, a little thing in it about communication skills. And one of the most important overriding things is to make the other person feel valid. Oh, by the way, if anybody wants to sign up and get my little love and communications hint, they would go to my uh, website, which is Cool Communicating. That's C-O-O-L-C-O-M-M-U-N-I-C-A-T-I-N-G dot com. And they can just sign up and get this little love. Uh, weekly hint for love or for um, relationships. Very cool. Thank you for that. Okay, some practical quick fire questions. What parts of a guy's life are more important to work on from a women's perspective? Is it because we think about lifestyle, we've spoken about looks a bit like their friends, their social life, their job. Guys are often like kind of juggling all these aspects. Which ones do you feel are the, the more important ones from a women's perspective? Um, there are five things that are important. If I can just run, run by these. In fact, there's a, a little quiz, uh, that people can take themselves. And on a scale of one to 10, you compare yourself with the woman that you'd like to be your partner. Oh, and then the bottom line is you add up your numbers and then you add up her numbers. And the closer those numbers of total score are, the better you're going to be able to be happy in the relationship and the more chance you're going to be able to have a relationship with her. I'll just start with the more crass ones. On a scale of one to 10, how much money do you make and how much money does she make? 
okay, on a scale of one to ten. On uh, personality, how vivacious or how sociable or how much fun are you on a scale of one to ten? How vivacious, how much fun is she on a scale of one to ten? And then, of course, looks on a scale of one to ten. Are you a nine, an eight, a ten? And what is she? A nine, an eight, a ten, a five, whatever it is. But that is your third thing. And then here's what, what um, made me think of this, because um, you mentioned this in, in passing. Their job or their prestige. Now, it doesn't have to be a high-paying job. Where again, that's a different category. Talk about prestige. How much respect do you have? By your community, it can be your church community, it can be your business community, it can be your social community. How much prestige do you have in your group, whatever that group is, and how much prestige does she have in her group, whatever that is? And then character, how much, and this is the important one, mostly for women, just as looks are pretty important for men. In, in character, are you a one, a two, a five, a ten, whatever you are, put that down. And what about her in character? Because even though looks may be the most important thing at first, boy, oh boy, if she doesn't have that character, you're going to be divorced in two years. So add those up and the closer and further. So when you say character, what does that mean? It means what we talked about, honesty, integrity, meaning what you say, saying what you mean, being a straight on, right on, good guy. Okay. Yeah, I often think about this as stability as well. People know what they want. They know where they're going. So they, they have kind of clear directions for their life versus some other people. And this is guys and girls. They're a bit more um, manipulated by what's going on around them. Things they're into, things are off. And you see them kind of jumping around more. Would you say that's kind of a fit with that? What you were saying just then? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, knowing it goes back to the thing about a woman wanting a man who is able to take care of himself and then people around him. And yes, absolutely. Knowing where you're going and having a good direction in life is crucial. It's really more with women uh, than it is for men. Uh, a man's bottom line, character, personality, integrity, goodness, uh, all these fine qualities. In fact, something interesting, there was a uh, study that was done where women were shown pictures of men. And believe it or not, women could tell which men had children from the pictures and which ones were good fathers. So there are good father qualities that even if a woman doesn't want kids at all, it doesn't matter. It's built into our genes. We want a man who would be a good father if he were one, even if we never want kids. It's a quality. That's an interesting study. I'm guessing that has a, a I know, elevation of some of the hormones, because I know some guys have, I can't remember the name of the hormone, but they have a stronger response when their wives have a baby or you know their partners have a baby in that. And it, it's the paternal hormone. Again, I've forgotten which one it was. And it causes them to be a lot more caring for the baby, invest a lot more in it. And guys are lower in that, for whatever reason, tend to pay less attention to the baby. So maybe it's got something to do with that. Right. It's oxytocin. Oxytocin. I mean, testosterone is something that gets the baby started. But oxytocin is the chemical that women can tell if a man has or not. And that's the carrying chemical, the chemical for both. Um, in fact, I get a, a lot into these things in my book, How to Make Anyone Fall in Love With You. There, that's again, it's in techniques, but just ways to give off that oxytocin <laughs> demeanor rather than just a high testosterone demeanor. Yeah, oxytocin, absolutely. I remember the one I was talking about, which is a little bit different, is vasopressin. Yes, that's the other one. Yeah, the vasopressin is, is they go together. And we can talk about that another time. It's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> what should you pay attention to when you first meet a woman? Uh, we've already actually we've already kind of dealt with that in a past question. Um, so so we'll skip that one. 
Oh, the other thing I want to talk about is dates, because guys always like stress a bit about what to do on dates and where to take women. What would be like some of the ideal things you think a guy should do? Believe it or not, um, studies on this one too. If you do something a little scary, it's better because it gets the woman kind of tingling and she will um, transfer the, that tingle over to you. For instance, well, I love the ballet. Most men don't love the ballet. But if a guy takes me to the ballet, ooh, I just get so excited over the, the, the dance that I will transfer that feeling to him. And also there was a study, again, in how to make anyone fall in love with you. I have all these studies. Uh, and one study that I just was fascinated by is that uh, men who took women on a roller coaster ride, the women were more attracted to the man than when they didn't take them at this particular fair on the roller coaster ride. So doing something just a little scary, especially if it involves physical contact, like maybe if the lady has never done inline skating or something like that, and you don't want to take her bungee jumping or skydiving on the first date, but something that is scary and maybe she needs to hang on to you a little bit like the, the skating or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I used to often go uh, skating when I had one nearby. And uh, the nice thing about that also is like, if you're a decent skater, you can teach her how to skate. And it's kind of the role of the guy to take charge a little bit more and stuff. So that's, that's a good one. There you go. The masterful thing again. Yeah. If there's an ice skating rink nearby, take her to the ice skating rink because she'll have to hang on to you if she's not a good skater. So that's good. And if you're in New York in, in winter, there's a great ice rink. Yeah. Right in the middle Rockefeller of Center. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, great. Thank you for that. Um, there's a bit of uh, a question of balance when it comes, because you've spoken about this tension that it's better for women to be feeling right? Um, a bit of discomfort when you're staring at them, you're looking at them a little bit more intensely than they used to, keeping the eye contact there or any examples we were just talking about there. So there's a question of balance also. You don't want to like push it too far and have her out quite far out of her comfort zone. So it's really like talking about like doing things which are a little bit outside of her comfort zone and sometimes a bit more exciting than the usual. It's basically not being normal, right? It's a little bit less than normal. Yeah. Unusual. For instance, um, uh, also, people like to feel they're being judged a little bit, In uh, women do, in a nice way. And one little eye contact trick you can use is if you're talking with uh, three or four people, when someone else is talking, don't glance at the person who's talking, if that's not the person you want to impress. Glance at the lady you want to impress and watch her reactions. And it's kind of like you're judging her reactions, and meaning you're interested in her and you're judging her character, how she feels about certain things, uh, especially if someone tells a dirty joke, don't laugh. Just look at her reactions. If she laughs, sure, go ahead and laugh. But if she doesn't, don't laugh. Oh, that's interesting. That's a, I haven't heard that one before. That's an interesting tip, though. Good point. Yeah, don't, just co-react. I call that tip co-reacting. Co you know, mm. so, so watching out, yeah, watching out for her values, basically, what, what she's... Right, right. right. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's an interesting one. Thank you. What advice, this is kind of like a tricky question, I think, for some people, um, but I think it's really important because a lot of guys do ignore aspects of the advice we give them, and they kind of selectively do that based on the way they feel about it. So is there any important advice you give out a lot to men that you think they ignore the most often? Yeah. If a man is attracted to a woman, he will ask her out or you know want to see her again without enough evidence that he really knows who she is. In other words, if, say, you're not you, but some guy is attract, very much attracted to a woman, if she hasn't really had the, the time to talk about her interests or her whatever she's proud of, her spirituality or, or her fun-lovingness or whatever it is, don't ask her out until she's had a chance to show who she is. Then it shows you're not asking her out just for her looks because women don't want to be liked just for their looks. They want to be liked for for their character because that's what they like about you right right 
So you tend to to see the men jump the gun when they haven't learned enough about her. They haven't tried to learn maybe enough about her. Right. So even if you're not interested, this sounds manipulative. Even if you're not interested, try to find out more about her before popping any kind of a, a let's get together. <laughs> <laughs> Great. What are the biggest objections you've come across to your advice on dating and relationships? This happens to all of us. So I think it's always interesting and, and really useful also to, to find out what these objections are. Sure. I mean, it's very, very simple. Many of my suggestions have been called manipulative. And my defense, if we need to call it that, is you're not manipulating if you're doing something to make the other person feel good about themselves. If you're getting them to do something that's harmful to themselves, that's what I call manipulation. But absolutely, manipulating people into feeling a certain way as long as it's not going to hurt them. And I think here we're talking about manipulating a woman into liking you. And I'm so sorry the word manipulation has such a bad uh, connotation because it's not that. It's just working to make someone, to encourage someone to like you. And a lot of the techniques are manipulated to make them like you. That's a really good point because a lot of people learn about charisma. Like the politicians will actually learn a lot about charisma, for instance, and body language and all sorts of things, um, which you could say are manipulative techniques also. But when they're good at it, like, you know, Bill Clinton was quite well known for being very, very warm and, and taken well, then people don't object to that at all. They find him a very likable guy. Absolutely. It makes you likable. If you know some of these manipulative techniques that, that I teach in how to talk to anyone, it's okay to manipulate as long as you're not out to hurt somebody. Great. Thank you for that. So where would the best place be for people to connect with you? Are you on Twitter? Do you have a, a favorite website? I know you have quite a few. So is there one of them where you prefer people to connect with you? I know you mentioned one before. Maybe that would be the one. Yeah, I think that's probably the best one for guys who are, who are looking to meet women. Coolcommunicating.com. Also, yeah, give out a... A Twitter. I mean, I do a Twitter thing, which is at Leo underscore. No, there's no underscore. There is an underscore. Yeah, there is. Oh, is there? Okay. Yeah. Leo underscore Lowndes. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, I have a Facebook uh, personal page and a pro page. But they're pretty much each one doesn't tell much about myself because I don't feel the world's that interested. I feel that they're interested in the techniques to to get people to like them. So each every day or every other day, I try to give a little quick tip. Uh, 140 characters or less, it's tough, to help people have others like them, to get over shyness, to help people like them better, and to get the opposite sex or same sex to like you better. Thank you so much. Great. I'll also put that all in the show notes, of course, because personally, I found your name a little tricky. Maybe it's because I'm not American. Um, so we'll put that on the page. To, is, it, I don't, is that a normal response or is it me? It's, it's, it is an unusual name. In a way, I'm happy for it because these right, are find right. me on the web. If, if you, you're the only one, right? I'm the same. Yeah, I'm the same. I've got a one a unique name, so I'm lucky that way too. Well, I think that a lot of people might think you're a woman with Angel. Well, I would say like it's, it's originally a guy's name. Of course, it is. Angels were all guys, so like <laughs> just makes perfect sense to me. Oh, old, but like, so I just learned. Actually, I was thinking. I was thinking the other day. This is kind of random, but um, I saw this name Nikita, which I've always loved because of the films. You know, I don't know if you know the films, the French films and stuff. It was a girl's name, and it turns out that it's a guy's name in Eastern Europe, right? And they get really annoyed with it all the time because there's all these girls in the West. Uh, using his name. But I was thinking if I have a baby, I'll call it Nikita anyway, uh, a baby girl. Um, so is, is there anyone besides yourself that you would recommend highly for advice in this area, like dating, sex, relationships? Um, you know, I think that really the studies are so important. And Dr. Helen Fisher, F-I-S-C-H-E-R, she's, she's really absolutely right on with the, the chemistry of, of love and such. What was the book she wrote? Um, Why We Love. 
I found that really insightful. Again, it gets heavy into the chemistry and into the the nature of the whole thing. But that's really, we are animals, just like like every other animal in life. And we, we mate, and um, we always, each, in, in throughout the, the living community and plants too, we all want to get the best we can get. We want to mate with, we want to mate with the, the very best person we can. Great, thank you for that. We have heard of Helen Fisher. I've seen her, her um, talks as well on, um, on video, so I know she's got great material. Thank you for that. Uh, what would be your top three recommendations to guys who are basically starting from scratch, right? So if they want to get better at this area of their lives and they're starting from zero, what would be the top three recommendations you would make to them? Dress well, have good body language, slow down and deepen your voice, and study up and learn what it really means to be, I'm not going to say a man, but yeah, a man, honest, strong, character, all those good things. And that's the hardest one, the last one. The first ones are evident right away. But if you remember from all your dates, good heavens, a woman is on the lookout for your character from the time she says hello. So just make sure that everything you say is straight. Right. I often think the thing that's harder about character is often it requires you you to make harder decisions. Sometimes decisions are not in your favor or you don't feel like they're in your favor in the short term. So it's a longer term objective. And often in this day and age, everyone's really focused on the short term, right? That, you know, it's just kind of the way we're wired. Also with the, all these phones, I think like with all these phones and everything that's so interactive, we're getting like all of this positive feedback really quickly. So we get these like short term jolts of dopamine all the time. Whereas it's often in our interest to work on this long term thing like character, as you brought up. But it, as you say, it's a harder thing because it is that longer term thing. And it requires sometimes saying, all right, I'm going to take this negative hit for this short term. I'm not going to feel so good about it, but over the long term, it's going to work out. Take control of your dating life today. Take one idea or one insight from today's episode and apply it today. Don't wait. Do it today. That's all it takes to change your life, step by step, episode by episode. Learn more about what I, Angel Donovan, and my team do at datingskillsreview.com how we help men like you take control of their dating lives.